You know that pure joy when you find a forgotten 100 rand note in the pocket of some old jeans while you're doing the laundry? That feeling of elation sums up Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies. Since its rejuvenation in 2016, Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies has ensured that those three days you spend on Kloof Wine Farm in Darling will sustain you long enough until the following year's edition. That the memories you make with your squad under the sun screaming along to your favorite musos will last a lifetime. Daisies is committed to developing, supporting, and cultivating a quality, multi-sensory cultural experience, and this year will be no different. Head on over to rockinthedaisies.com to get your tickets now and be a part of history. Text in the City has kept you informed of what's happening in the South African music industry for, sure, I don't know, the last 15 years, and this podcast is an extension of that plugging you into all the hottest music news, reviews, and interviews through insightful and hopefully stimulating conversations with the people who are making things happen, the people who are on the ground. And for the first season, we're focusing on festival OG Johnny Walker rocking the daisies. This festival has changed ownership, promoted team members, and embraced a new direction for a new generation. But being on multiple best festival lists over the last five years has really cemented their vision. And I can't wait to attend my first Daisies this year in probably like four years, because the FOMO is just too real. So what I'm going to be doing is I'll be making my way around the festival, talking to all of you good people on the ground, finding out what's hot, what's not, what you're eating, what you're drinking, who you're kissing. No, not really, but maybe. And also, most importantly, Who's on your to-watch list? Platoon, who are an international artist services agency making big waves, have become Daisy's official sunset curation partner. And a lot of the acts that I'm looking forward to seeing are actually during those times. But what this basically means is that Platoon artists will be performing during quote-unquote golden hour across all stages on Friday and Saturday. And one of those artists is Kay Faith, and I caught up with her earlier this week ahead of her set. Kay Faith, it's always such a great day when I get to shoot the breeze with you, my friend. How have you been? <laughs> yeah, very good, thank you. How how are things in Texland? I mean, things in Texland are rolling. They're rolling. We've got a new podcast. Good. We're working on some events. It's almost summertime. You know, the usual. Sounds like a big vibe. <laughs> a huge vibe. But what's also a vibe is that you're back this year, Johnny Walker rocking the daisies. And you're part yeah. of this platoon sunset hour feature that the artist service agency is running with their artists across stages. And not a lot of artists have played back-to-back daisies. How does it mm. feel to be invited back so soon? You know what? It's it's always a blessing and it's always such an exciting point in every year for me when, you know, I get that email that reaches out asking me to come to Daisy's. And honestly, I thought after last year, I was like, I've done three. They're probably going to stop calling at some point. And then they called <laughs> me again this year. And I'm like, happy to be there, guys. Let's keep it moving. Like, let's get the number growing. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited to be back. Um what is nice is because I, it's my fourth daisies back to back. I do feel Your like fourth now daisies a, back to back. Yes. <laughs> Your. So I did, I did 2018, 19, 21, 22. You so. know what? I'm going to fact check this. 
but I don't think that anybody has played four daisies back to back. Please do, because I'd also be interested to know. <laughs> um, but yeah, as I was saying, like now it being my fourth time back, I feel like there's a challenge, you know, like I've been there, I've played the sets, I've, um, you know, rocked the crowd. So what can I do now to make it more interesting? So I'm putting together a nice little game plan to make this next one super interesting and super exciting. You know, some some interesting songs, some custom songs, some unreleased music, maybe a guest or two. Who knows what can happen? <laughs> yeah, see, this is the thing. I know you don't do anything by half measure. So I know that you're obviously planning to step things up. And, you know, since we're all about sharing on this podcast <laughs> and we're all about sharing the love for daisies on this podcast, um, you know, maybe like a, a an exclusive or two, a tidbit or two. Come on, come on, Kay. Come on. Okay. What I'll say is there's definitely going to be guests. Um, maybe one, maybe two. That's that's a given at this point. Um, mm -hmm. Who they are, I'll keep that. I'll keep that a secret for now. Um, but what I will say is, these are artists that I frequently collaborate with. Both of them appeared on my previous album. One of them, mm -hmm. one of them uh, is um, someone I collaborated with recently. Um, and a good friend of Daisy's and a good friend of you, um, you know, and she is really amazing. Okay. So that's, that's what I'll be telling you guys for that. <laughs> okay. Well, I, but can I say her name? Cause I obviously know who it is. Who do I've you guessed think it, it is? now. It's totally it It has to be Hannah. Uh, <laughs> you're not wrong. It is Hannah. <laughs> Yay. So I'm bringing out Hannah. We're going to do some, I mean, obviously the hits together that we have. And her and I are performing some unreleased gold, platinum bangers that we've um, crafted up over the last year. Um, so, so yeah, we're looking to crowd test that a little bit. And then there's one other one which I'll keep entirely vague and secretive because I like being a bit secretive, you know. It's exciting. <laughs> okay. Okay, fine, yeah. fine. I'll let you keep some of your secrets. You gave me one, I'll let you keep the other one. Thank you. <laughs> but what would you say over your last four back-to-back -back daisies, which I still <laughs> think is incredible, what would you say has been a clear highlight for you or a memory, maybe a memory or two that stands out from those festivals for you? So I have two that I can mention. One from the first time I played and one from last year, the, the last daisies we had. So the first one for me, the first thing to mention is probably the highlights. And it was my first time stepping on stage at Rocking the Daisies, right? Um, I remember I got the news and I almost like exploded. Like, imagine a little, a human combusting from excitement that happened Aww. to me. I was so excited. I like jumped and shouted and yeah, you know, like I had the whole moment. And um, that first Daisies has been unforgettable. It's it's the one that people generally go, yo, that, that first Daisies you played, that one was crazy. Because, you know, I, I played a little bit of a different sound at the time and I took a bit of a risk and the style I played really paid off and it was a very memorable experience. But also, you know, like... I was put, at the time, it was the daisies that had the three stages, the Amstel stage, the Amstel Oasis, the, 
I can't remember all the stage names. It was a while ago, but there were three stages, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Hotel Selection, Armstrong Oasis, and I can't remember the third one right now. I think it might have been the first Johnny Walker Jungle. Anyway, long story short, I was put in at a time where Amine had just finished his set at the uh, Hotel Selection stage or the Trap House stage. It might have been one of those. And the other stage had also a changeover. So for a good 30 minutes of my set, I was the only person playing. When I started, there was like a couple of people in front of me and maybe five songs in, there was 20,000 people in front of me. And I remember just being like, oh my goodness. And I tried to not look up at the crowd too much because I like felt so nervous in that moment. And then one of my friends ran up to me and they were like, you look nervous, don't do that. (laughs) Give them what they want. And then I started also like jumping out, interacting with the crowd. I threw some t-shirts into the crowd, I threw some CDs into the crowd. Um, so the first one for me is the the thing I value the most is that first opportunity to step in, to be on such a stage, to be at the biggest lifestyle and music festival in the country. Um, you know, just that first opportunity is always the one I'll be the most grateful for. Now, the second memory happened last year. So those of you listening who follow my music would know the song that I released called Top Ten that features mm-hmm. Hannah, Cash CBT, Holy Alpha, or where to. Um, I remember playing my set last year, walking off stage, walking to the car to go change, just to put on different clothes. And somewhere in the distance, someone was playing my song. I heard Top Ten playing from one of the stages. And I had this moment of like, yeah, I made it now. Tick that box. Someone else is playing my music at Daisy's. What a moment. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. And and this year we do it all over again, hey? Pretty much. But, you know, with all the extra bits and pieces. With all the extra bits and pieces. Do you feel like the crowd has changed at all over the years from your first to now your fourth? Um. Yes and no. Like... You know, coming back after COVID to the first daisies we had post-COVID, like there was a lot of first-timers that couldn't go to daisies 2020, that couldn't go to daisies 2021. So, you know, we had a lot of younger kids who hadn't had the big festival experience yet. And you could feel it in the crowd, like people were there to like let go and claim back this live music experience and you know, just to be at a festival again and to be around people and to be around so much live music. Like that was something that I personally noticed a lot. Um, what I am noticing about the crowd is is just people are going around and actually trying to experience music. It's not just this thing of like, oh, I'm going to Daisy's to see this guy or that person mm. or that artist. People are way more open-minded now in sticking around and listening to your set and giving you that chance and, you know, hearing what you have to offer. Um, that's something I've noticed more than anything is is you know, the the just amount of people that are willing to stick around and be exposed to an experience without knowing like what the outcome is going to be. So that's probably my favorite thing at the moment is just that that kind of new energy that's come with the festival. Obviously, the festival itself shifts and changes and is constantly developing and constantly getting bigger and better. So I think the audience at the moment is is also shifting along those lines. And it's it's very exciting for me as a performer to know that and then to obviously prepare for what I might be faced when I have my moments on stage. I love that answer. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I was actually talking about that exact thing to somebody the other day. And we were saying Daisy's has established itself. 
as you know, like the tastemaker and that, you know, that's why people stick around. That's why people go and they're like, okay, we don't necessarily know everybody on the lineup. However, we're super open to getting to know everybody and to discovering new music. And I think that's exactly where you want to be as an artist. Like those are the people who you want to be in front of because they're open, you know, they're open to learning new things. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. You released your debut album, Antithesis, through Platoon, and I know you hold them in high regard. So what's your take on this really novel sunset hour that they've got going on at Daisies this year? I think it's an incredible move on their behalf. You know, even last year without the official partnership, so many of the Platoon artists were booked and performing on various stages around Daisies. It makes so much sense for that relationship to now be solidified and, you know, showcased. And um, I think for what Platoon is doing to South African music, they're not necessarily getting their flowers just yet, but I feel like this exposure and putting themselves out there and putting themselves in front of more people and seeing the amount of artists, or let me rather say the type of artists that they align themselves with will give the message, I think, of what they're trying to achieve And I mean, it makes so much sense. Like for me personally, some of my favorite artists in South Africa are part of the platoon roster that I'm so Mm. incredibly thankful that I get to share with. And um, I think that just speaks on, you know, what platoon is as an entity and the fact that they are now starting to occupy spaces. I think that's a beautiful thing. And it's giving the independent artists such a powerful ability to now be included into more things regardless of what your team is what your you know style is how big of an artist you are it's it's taking away a lot of red tape around certain things and i think it's it's a beautiful thing that's happening one of the things that platoon have done have curated which I love for the second year in a row this year is the GQ music edition, which I know you were a part of. And I love in that article, you said, quote, and I'm quoting now, you said something that lights a spark in me, something that excites me or inspires me is something that you look for musically, right? And I want to know, because I know you always have things in the pipeline. Is there something that you've been working on lately that you wake up in the morning and you can't wait to get into studio. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, um, it's a little bit of a long story, but I'll tell you, (laughs) I have now made a commitment to being a student again myself, right? Hey, I'm doing my final year in a honors degree program where I'm doing electronic music production. Uh, so I'll be graduating with a, a BA honors in electronic music production and I'm doing it through the University of West London, which is quite an incredible experience. You know, like I get to have lectures on sampling and synthesis and, you know, all the things I do on the daily. And at first I was like, oh, is this course going to bore me or is it going to like actually be exciting? And um, I've learned all these like things that I've always kind of looked over because I thought I understood certain things to a certain extent, but I'm learning so much more in you know, interacting with these people who obviously know way more on certain topics than I do. And I've taken a lot of this and directly like put it into my music and it's had such an impact on what I'm creating already. So, um, you know, like the new sounds and the new kind of like 
character it's allowed me to install into my music is something that I, I really look forward to starting to put out there in front of audiences. And a big part of my performance at Daisy's is me taste making unreleased music just to see like this thing that I'm so hey. excited about, how people actually going to like it. And um, yeah, it's, it's me just kind of crowd testing purely and to see if like, you know, I've, I've always tried to put more of myself in my music and um, I found that I might have found the way to do that now because you know knowledge is power if I can better learn how to express myself through learning production so be it so yeah that's that's one of the things I can say that I'm super excited about and um yeah I'm itching to release new music so that might also be something that's happening in the near future what was the best song that you ever crowd tested that you played it and you were like yep this is definitely going on the album <laughs> Um, honestly, top 10 because of the uh, hype and the energy and how like exciting of a track it is. And, you know, like I've performed it with Hannah and I've performed it with Holy Alpha. I'm yet to perform it with Cash, but we'll see if we can pull that off at some point. Um, but every time we've performed it, like Hannah and Holy Alpha have had such incredible energy when they've jumped out and like performed their verse so that one is a is totally like a live performance track because of how high energy it is and um i also played ama mene mene at cotton fest last year and the reaction to that was also really good so those two are probably have been the favorites when i when i just you know kind of dropped them in the middle of a set because are they all the nice things you want out of a hip-hop live performance the bass the vocals the vibes you know like all of that is there so those two really hit harder than any of the others yeah they're both bangers but just to go <laughs> back to very quickly you were talking about now going back to studying and being a student I clapped yes. because I know what that's like because I'm doing the same thing yeah. currently and it's <laughs> it's mental um but it, honestly it's one of the best decisions I've ever made to go back and be a student but yeah. I'm sure that what you've been learning you've you've put into the composition that you did for Kizazi Moto which I want to talk about because you were the lead composer for an episode of the new Disney Plus original series and yes it, it, for for, pe for people who haven't seen it it is phenomenal. It features various storytellers from all over Africa. And from where I'm sitting, Kay, that's a huge career highlight. I mean, that's one for the books. How, yeah. how, did it, I mean, how did it feel when you got the call, the initial call, like, this is what we want you to be a part of? So <laughs> funny story. Um, initially, when they reached out to me, it was very vague because obviously it's Disney, there were mm. fat NDAs involved, so I couldn't really say much about it. But even when, you know, the music coordinators reached out to me, they had to be super vague. And I remember the first email I got, the subject was like Kazazimoto. And then the email was like, hi, Kay, we want to reach out to you about a project. Please provide, you know, name, surname, ID number, blah, 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 blah. And I remember Your ID like number. A, yeah. <laughs> and I remember being like, hmm, sus. So... Just as a second backup, I showed the email to my manager. And I was like, Bongani, take a look at this. What do you think, right? And he was like, no, okay, don't send them anything. This looks like a scam. They're <laughs> going to, like, steal your information. Like, this is this is not, you know, the type of information you just give out via email. 
And I was like, hey, man. So I took the Kazazimoto title, copied it, pasted it into Google. And this thing of Disney came up, like Disney series, future series, you know, African storytelling. And I was like, hey, now I need to roll the dice because on the bad side, I get scammed. On the good side, I get to work with these guys on this Disney project. And I kind of just went for it. I was like, "Ah, oh, well sent the project i sent the details through and then the nda came through and then we started having conversations about it so obviously very exciting you hear the word disney you think wow you know i grew up as a disney kid so yeah what a what an opportunity it wouldn't be to work with like disney on anything um but obviously like that's just an approach right so that's just them like reaching out to you to see if you're available then I still had to like meet the director. Uh, my episode was directed by Tepo Mochi. She's amazing. And, um, you know, I had to have a meeting with her first. And the beautiful thing is like, she was so specific in her approach on who she brought in for the music. Like we had a chat and she was like, what's your life story? So I told them from a small town, violently wanted to gain independence from my Afrikaans family. So the first opportunity I had, I moved to Cape Town, started studying and kind of, you know, did my own thing from that point onwards. Mm -hmm. And ironically, it kind of aligned with the main character in the episode, Cheba. Um, It aligns like with Sheba's story because Sheba was also on this like, you know, her family were always arguing about what she's going to become you know like a coming of age story and it kind of aligned and that's one of the reasons why she chose me she wanted to have a woman as the producer and um she said to me she's like I like the way you guys make music in Cape Town it's just it's different and because of those reasons she gave me the go-ahead to join the team which obviously is a huge deal and I was you know super excited to do it but also very much like oh my goodness I've never done this so there's this like huge challenge ahead but um you know I just kind of went along I had an amazing team if I did fall short or get stuck you know I could just send a message send an email give a call and um thanks to having an incredible team it was an incredible process for me I learned so much on how this kind of processes work how to how the deliverals to disney works and i think we came up with some beautiful music for our episode and when you finally watched the episode and saw your music soundtracking that animation yeah it was great it was a it was like a a goosebumps moment you know what was amazing for me as well is is watching it with like my younger siblings and knowing like how as i said like i was a disney kid and you know, we all know the 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 great songs from the Disney era. Um, you know, the Lion King songs, the Aladdin songs, whatever you watch growing up. And by no means am I saying I've <laughs> produced a Disney classic, but um, I think the the incredible thing was watching something on a Disney platform that felt like home and looked like home and was so familiar. Mm-hmm. Like the beginning of my episode starts with Hadidas screaming, and that that gave me such a sense of pride. And then on top of that, I started hearing the music that we created. And I was just like, no, I'm very done for myself right now. (laughs) You know, I was a Disney kid as well. I still am a Disney kid. I went to the 100 uh, year of Disney celebration at Grand West. And I heard the Joburg Philharmonic Orchestra like doing the classic 
tracks. They even did a they even did a Star Wars now because Disney wow. owns Star Wars. Yes, and yes, that yes. was that was something else. But the first movie I ever saw on the big screen was The Little Mermaid. And that movie changed my life completely. Like, so I I totally feel you about being I couldn't even imagine being a part of that. That's like some next level inception. <laughs> one of the things I'm really proud of is I, one of the brief points I was asked was to make a bunch of different jukebox style South African inspired songs or tracks that were being going to be used throughout the different scenes. And um, I was like, I really want to like, my, I really want my approach to be as authentic as possible to the sounds of South Africa. So I already knew, I was like, I'm going to do Kwaito, I'm going to do Tom, I'm going to do Amapiano. Like, there's no doubt about it. And, um, you know, even just to see something like Amapiano being featured on Disney Plus episode, to me, I'm like, wow, we did that. That's that's such an incredible achievement, considering it's such a hot commodity all over the world now. So to bring it into this project, something, you know, like, People think, oh, it's just, you know, just another genre. But it's not. It's literally like changing. It's the biggest thing. It's the biggest sound out of South Africa, I want to say. And to be able to include that into this series was quite incredible. And it's something I'm very happy we actually ended up doing. Because I watched a lot of the other South African episodes and the music in them, all incredible. But I didn't hear my piano in any of them. So I'm, I'm quite proud that we could introduce that into one of the episodes. It's so interesting that you didn't hear my piano in any of the other episodes because that is the genre right now, <laughs> right? I mean, it's yeah. everywhere. I think it's just the nature of the other episodes. Like, mm. you know, like a lot of the episodes are quite deep. It's quite like um, emotional, suspense, like action series, where ours was a lot more lighter and comedic and, you know, kind of light and not anything too heavy. So I think the just the nature of our episode allowed for us to kind of experiment a bit more with different types of music where the others, they were quite serious. Are you even allowed to like take the music and maybe insert it in your daisy set? Is that even a thing? <laughs> um, probably not, eh? The Disney, <laughs> the Disney copyright is a strong one. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I probably could, but it's probably not the best idea. <laughs> no, it's probably not the best idea. But it doesn't matter because you've got one surprise that I've already guessed and another surprise that you've got up your sleeve and a few more little tidbits that I know you've got going on. And I honestly can't wait for your set. I'm going to this year's Daisies. I didn't go last Yay. year. Um, and I, yeah, I've got all my my acts penciled in, like who I want to see and who I want to catch. And yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's going to be super exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very amped. So um, for the internationals, who, who do you think, uh, who's the person that you're the most excited for? If I'm, oh, you're Stormzy. Stormzy. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stormzy. Oh, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, die hard fangirl um and i've been waiting <laughs> so i'm like <laughs> hanging around i'll be hanging around like oh yeah with a little dictaphone like can i get five minutes with you please yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm i'm one of i'm one of those people i've already spoken to shan i was like yo listen i got my fingers across for that stormzy interview she's like mm. yeah everybody's praying i'm like <laughs> you just <laughs> let me know i i do, i need like five minutes notice and i'll be there um I saw him perform live in Ghana last year, September, at Global Citizen in 
Ghana. Mm-hmm. And it was quite amazing because um, mm-hmm. he's he's got Ghanaian heritage, so it was like a homecoming thing for him. And he did like a very beautiful performance that side. So I got to see him in Ghana. Obviously, super stoked to see him in South Africa. But for me, it's JID. I'm so mm. stoked for JID. A lot of people have been saying that, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be crazy. His music also like... The type of hip hop he makes, I'm down with it. So yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to catch him more than anything. Okay, it's always so good to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining me, and I will catch you at Daisy's. Yeah, I'm on Saturday sunset hour. I'm on Saturday. I think like 4 p.m. But okay, amazing. We'll we'll check the check the Daisy's app when you guys get there. It'll it'll tell you everything you need to know. So now that we've got the official word that Hannah will be joining K-Faith during her set at Daisy's, I honestly don't feel so bad about bribing Hannah (laughs) into chatting to me this week. Plus, someone needed to get her entire experience with Kelani on the record. And that was going to be me. Obvs. Hannah, it's always such a pleasure to chat to you. And I know you're back home. So I want to know, how's Zim treating you? Hi, Tex. Home is good. Home is okay. It's been interesting. I mean, it's like getting home, coming home after living an independent life and then realizing you're just a child. <laughs> so that's been interesting. But it's been it's been it's been great having a time to, a chance to like I don't know, settle down, just cool off and yeah, do some wholesome stuff. Just been cool. Needed that, as you know. <laughs> That sounds so wholesome. I wish I could do something like that. I need a holiday, Hannah. I need a holiday badly. But when I was putting together my hit list of artists that I wanted to chat to for the special episode, right, you were right up there at number one. And I'll tell you why. Because (laughs) our friendship was basically born out of Johnny Walker rocking the daisies. And when I first interviewed you back in 2022 about your daisy show and the run up to that, we had never met. Now, fast forward 12 months, and this is a full circle moment, my friend. A full circle moment. It is. It really is. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about. I also think that anyone would be hard-pressed to find someone who enjoyed themselves more at Daisy's than you in 2022. Do you think that's a fair assumption? I do. Oh, of course. If it, it's a competition and I won it, 100%. I totally won. It was... Definitely the time, the like, yeah, the time of my life. I love asking you the story because I know you never get tired of telling it, <laughs> and I know that you know where I'm going with this. So, oh uh, yeah, when your future wife Kelani was on stage performing, what was going through your mind? Set the scene for me because I was not there. Yes, I know. What a shame as well. Like you should have. I needed you there, Tex. I needed you there. I would have full on proposed. But uh, maybe it's a good thing you weren't there then. Yeah, it was... Uh, okay, so let me set that scene. Um, graciously, I was allowed to watch her set, most of her set from the... I don't know what it's called, the pit? Between the stage and like the crowd, which was awesome. Um, and then I got there and I was like, wait, I'm really short and this stage is really big. So... I could not see her that great all the time, but I was closer than everyone else. And that was good enough for me. I was like, you guys, do you see where I am? So that was pretty funny. Um, It was incredible. I was just 
trying to take in the moment um, and really just enjoying, like listening to my favorite songs because they really are my favorite songs. And yeah, I mean, I was just vibing out. And when she spotted me and then came down to like dance with me, I was just like, I lost my mind. I nearly fainted. I don't know how I survived that moment. To be honest, I was on autopilot for most of it, but it was just the best feeling. Felt very full circle as well. Like I've, yeah. Do you think she recognized you from all the stalking on Instagram? <laughs> be honest. You know, I want to say yes and no at the same time. Yes, because I want to be memorable, but no, because I'm like, uh, I don't think I want you to remember everything I said. <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I mean, it seemed like she did. It seemed like she did because when eventually the best part of the night, me getting up on stage, um, she did allude to the fact that she recognized me and she recognized my name and she asked me what my name was. And when I told her my name is Hannah versus my Instagram handle, she was like, wait, that's not your Instagram name. And I was like, stop. I was like, in front of all these people, you want to do this now? Okay, let's go. And then what happens in those moments when you come off stage, right? Basically fighting for Kelani's affections alongside Karabo Poppy, who was also on stage. I mean, first of all, okay, let me let me keep my <laughs> let me let me keep that to myself. Um, I was on a high because I was confused. I I was still in shock. I think. And the adrenaline was rushing through my body. And right after that, we had to go for the meet and greet. So I was just trying to find my way to the, the people that were taking us backstage or back to the green rooms for the meet and greet. And I was being bombarded by every single person on the way there. People were grabbing me and trying to like record me and do like after, you know, after game interviews with me and asking me how it went. So I was just, I, I, was, I was making a beeline, beeline to meet her officially officially so yeah it was just a rush man there were so many things happening at once it was like it was a lot and that's the kind of sense that I got when I checked the videos right it felt like a lot it felt chaotic but not in a bad way if that makes sense it's just that there was like a lot going on and amongst yeah. all that buzz, what were some of your highlights from last year's daisies what sticks out as being something that you really really enjoyed First thing that comes to mind is Will Lindley's set. He absolutely smashed that set. Like, it was so good. I remember standing there in the crowd and just, like, my mouth was just wide open. I was just like, how is this guy so good? I really, really enjoyed his set. Like, that was definitely a top moment for me. And I've I've made that very clear. Like, that his set, I think, was the best set at Daisy's, actually. I think he killed it. Um, so Will Lindley's set was great. Ooh, there was a lot going on. As you know, I also performed. So the first half of Daisies for me was pretty stressful. It was like stress, 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 stress until I got off stage. And then it was a breathing moment. So being on stage was also a highlight. I mean, it was nerve wracking at first, but like once things started going, it was just a blast and we had fun. So that was great too. Um, let me think. Oh, the food, the food in the Spotify VIP tent, 10 out of 10. All the catering people knew my name. They knew me because I was there and I was getting the full, and I, I'm sure you'll appreciate this. I was getting the full scoop on exactly what everything was. I was like compliments to the chefs. It was, it was really great. The food in the Spotify tent, they need to do that again. I want the exact same people back this year to make that shit because that was good. 
Now, the months in between the two daisies for you have been very busy. Yeah. But most notably, you graduated from UCT and dropped one of the most fire reels of 2022 detailing your graduation. Do people bring that reel up casually or am I just unnaturally obsessed with it? Well, I mean, most of the people that would bring it up are my friends and they were in it. So they don't. But I have walked into, I remember right after we posted that, walking around Cape Town and going into stores and people would be like, that's the person from TikTok. <laughs> that's the, <laughs> and it was so funny because I was like, what? I, I can't believe that this is what I'm being recognized for, but it really did go far and wide. And I'm I'm really glad that it, it's so funny that it did so well because it was genuinely so wholesome and it was, there was no intent behind it going viral. It was just meant to be like what it was. I've been chatting a bit about the platoon sunset sessions that they're doing this year at Rock and the Daisies. And I really like the concept of taking their artists and then placing them across the stages doing sunset at golden hour and I know that you are performing alongside K Faith she told me that earlier <laughs> shout out K Faith what can you tell me about that feature because I feel like the two of you gel together so so well definitely I mean K is my dog for real um and we've I mean as you know we've got a song together top 10 um one of K's singles that I featured on which is great so yeah I think it's going to be really cool to just showcase, you know, the collaboration between us um, that also represents the collaboration amongst platoon artists at large, I think. And yeah, we, we're definitely going to kill it. I mean, we we work really well together and I'm very excited to be on stage with Kay. I think she just makes everything more fun, for sure. Who are you most looking forward to seeing at Daisies this year? Because it's a fire, fire lineup. It is. Oh, who am I? Mm. I'm most looking forward to seeing, I think, I think it would be Stormzy, Stormzy and JID. Like, I think they are top two for me. I'm very excited to see the hip hop acts this year. I think it's going to be really cool. And we've been waiting for Stormzy. Like, we've been waiting for this man. So I'm so glad he's finally coming. Um, and I, I, I genuinely love his music. JID is also just incredible. And, you know, I grew up, I started out... Um, idolizing Dreamville and just everything that they do. That's kind of, that was my introduction to rap. And so just having Dreamville artists come through is just very special. Um, yeah. So I'm very keen on that. I think it's going to be dope. Hannah, you're an absolute G and I'm counting down the days until I get to see you in action. I'll be stage right, people. Let's go. This episode was made possible by Quentin Misplon, Matthew Dickinson, and the good people over at Sure. And all the artwork was created by OG illustrator Elio Moravero. If you're obsessed and you need to know more, you can find us across socials at Ticks in the City and at TicksInTheCity.com for more music news. Otherwise, thank you for listening and catch you next week. You know that pure joy when you find a forgotten 100 rand note in the pocket of some old jeans while you're doing the laundry? That feeling of elation sums up Johnny Walker rocking the daisies. Since its rejuvenation in 2016, Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies has ensured that those three days you spend on Kloof Wine Farm in Darling will sustain you long enough until the following year's edition. That the memories you make with your squad under the sun screaming along to your favorite musos will last a lifetime. Daisies is committed to developing, supporting, and cultivating a quality, multi-sensory cultural experience, and this year will be no different. 
Head on over to rockinthedaisies.com to get your tickets now and be a part of history.